Welcome to the Auburn UMC Clergy Conversations podcast. Each week, our pastors take an in-depth look at Scripture and preview their message for Sunday morning services. We're glad you joined us. For more information about Auburn UMC, please visit our website at aumc.net. Welcome to this edition of our Conversations. In this week's scripture, we are looking at Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 4, and chapter 2, verses 5 through 12. And kind of a, a theme on Hebrews, there's a lot of mystery around it, not quite sure who the, the author is, um, yeah. but great instruction, but it talks about uh, perseverance and endurance. It talks about Jesus as the, the high priest, um, but also the humanity of Jesus as well. Uh, and so it's really a, a great picture Um as we begin to look at Hebrews, what are what are some else thoughts on just the background in general? I just think we need a lot of prayer. Yeah, why? <laughs> why did we pick this? This passage. This all book passages. itself. I mean, I, I I just read it and go. Oh, it's hard to know. Really, you can't really tell. It really doesn't matter so much as who wrote it. It says a lot of wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just hard to know who it was written to. You know when it was, because it's like sometimes that helps. Uh, oh, me. absolutely, yeah. Some um, context. So, so seriously, what if we prayed? I know we have some prayers needs before we get started um, of people that are listening, and it just helps me at least to okay. think about this as we yeah, start. Absolutely. Um, let us pray, Holy God. Thank you for um, thank you for this day. Thank you for this text that is a challenging text for us to read. Be with us as we think about it, as we um, meditate on your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, So again, it's Hebrews chapter 1, and I'm going to be reading uh, from the Common English Bible. In the past, God spoke through the prophets to our ancestors in many times, in many ways. In these final days, though, he spoke to us through a son. God made his son the heir of everything and created the world through him. The son is a light of God's glory and the imprint of God's being. He maintains everything with his powerful message. After he carried out the cleansing of people from their sins, he sat down at the right side of the highest majesty. And the son became so much greater than the other messengers, such as angels, that he received a more important title than theirs. Then moving to chapter 2, verse 5. God didn't put the world that is coming, the world we are talking about, under the angel's control. Instead, someone declared somewhere, What is humanity or humankind that you think about them? What are human beings that you care about them? For while you made them a little lower than angels, you crown the human beings with glory and honor. You put everything under their control. When he puts everything under their control, he doesn't leave anything out of control. But right now, we don't see everything under control yet. Mm. However, We do see the one who is made lower in order than the angels for just a little while. It's Jesus. He's the one who is now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of his death. He suffered death so that he could taste death for everyone through God's grace. It was appropriate for God for whom and through whom everything exists to use experiences of suffering to make perfect the pioneer of salvation. This salvation belongs to many sons and daughters whom he's leading to glory. 
This is because the one who makes people holy and the people who are being made holy all come from one source. That is why Jesus isn't ashamed to call them brothers and sisters when he says, I will publicly announce your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the middle of the assembly. Well, that, uh, again, is our text. And it's, uh, <laughs> like I say, it kind of goes a couple different places and, yeah. and not, not always easy to follow or understand. So, but what are some thoughts? Yeah, well, I think it's interesting you kind of touched on this query. We're not super sure who this was written by or who this was written for or even when exactly it was written. But I think our best guess is that it was written to second generation Christians. So mm -hmm. Christians who are fully disconnected from the influence of the disciples and, you know, from Jesus himself. And I think that that's really interesting. And at the same time, I think we have to keep in mind that these are culturally Jewish people. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see a lot of that in the way that this letter is written. We talk about, or he talks about how long ago our ancestors, uh, God spoke to them in many ways and that the world was created through Jesus. And that's a pretty, maybe not in terms of Jesus, but that's a pretty foundationally Hebrew way of viewing creation when in Genesis, when God says, let us mm -hmm. create human mm -hmm. beings in our image, that Jesus wasn't a mythical creature that appeared at around zero, you know, BC, AD, whatever, that Jesus was there in the beginning, mm -hmm. working with God hand in hand to bring creation into being. I think that's really, really interesting. And I also think you get a lot of the Psalms quoted through here. What are human beings that you are mindful of them? Um, we're talking about purification of sins. I think that it is fascinating how many winks and nods towards um, really important Jewish texts that you see in this passage. And I think that's probably one of the things that makes this passage so difficult, that it's not um, approachable in the way that a parable would be or even some of the other letters would be. This is a very dense theology book. This is like a textbook. It's hard to get the warm fuzzies from it, that sometimes. It is. It is textbook. It's not... Once yeah. upon a time, let me just tell you a story. Yeah. You know, there's more, there's more um, d nuanced language and the idea of trying to make connections mm -hmm. to an earthly person, Jesus. Yeah. And for, I think the part that is challenging for me in reading this is that I think the writer and the reader are probably asking questions that I don't ask. Mm -hmm. You know, they're looking yeah. for questions that don't make, that I've already taken for granted. I understand and see you know, as a follower of Jesus, I kind of get this. This is the Son of God. Um, I think for me, I I feel I'm more approachable. The thing that makes Jesus more approachable for me personally is the human side of Jesus. Right. You know, the the Jesus who who uh, who laughs, who cries, who heals, who is there with children. All those kind of things really make Jesus approachable to me. But for in reading this, it's like they're saying. Jesus is the one, the one that you're approach that's approachable to you is actually God in the flesh, which mm -hmm. is like the opposite. Does that make yeah. sense? Did I just yeah. ramble too long? No. But the idea that it says here that Jesus is the reflection of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's very being, yeah. that that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I think that had to have been very that that had to have been a beautiful truth for the folks then to think about. Right. And I, and I love that word imprint, um, and really is the same word for character. Uh, but in that day, I mean, that was the most exact 
um, that you could get. Uh, hmm. A copy replica, whatever, was imprinting a coin or um, paper or whatever that it was a direct cool. reflection. Uh, and so in, in saying this, and, and again, in these um, verses in chapter 1, it's, uh, if it was in Greek, and we understood Greek as it should be, mm -hmm. uh, it was this beautiful um, presentation of it. Um, for, as you said, kind of Hellenistic Jews, mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. Um, but to, to think of, um, of Jesus in, in that way, that, that Jesus gives us this picture of God, that before the prophets, they maybe gave like charcoal sketches of yeah. who God is. Uh, but Jesus was a perfect picture of who God Yeah, I love that. Yes, that it was kind of cleared yeah. in so many ways. I think in the, in the era of Xerox, well, I guess we're not even in the era of Xerox anymore. In the era of iPhone pictures where everything is so brilliantly, perfectly captured, I think, and instantaneously, mm -hmm. I think we take for granted a lot um, the depth and the texture and the nuance and beauty that comes from this image mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. an imprint. And what I think of is like a wax seal. I got an invitation to a wedding a few weeks ago that had a wax seal on the back of it, and I was like... I, number one, this is embarrassing. I don't know that I've ever seen one of them. And number two, I was just so taken with the way it was just beautiful. You could see the way the wax formed around it. You could see the imprint, mm -hmm. the seal itself. And I love the way the writer of Hebrews talks about Jesus being the perfect imprint mm -hmm. of God, the exactness, and also it's mm -hmm. lovely and beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I... It, it's, these are really beautiful words. I think that's what makes them so hard. It's mm -hmm. like eating a really, really heavy meal. There's just not a lot of uh, wiggle room to digest afterwards. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? That's um, a good way to put. Yeah, but we get this truth in the book of, of Hebrews that Jesus is God. Yeah. Um, mm. That Jesus shows us the character of God. You know, like... We see this grand history of salvation where God felt for millennia very far away, very mystical, very even in some of the Old Testament texts, very cruel at times. But then we get this picture of Jesus and we know that that is what God is like. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really, that's at least helpful for me to mm -hmm. think about it like that. Yeah. And this, and just in a very practical idea, if these are second generation folks, mm -hmm. Uh, second generation Christians, I guess. This has been passed down through a layer of folks, and they're thinking to see to 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 see Jesus as the reflection of God's glory. That's like the reflection of God's very presence. It's like if you want to know who God is, God is the one who tells us the story about the you know the Pharisee and the rich man, or or, or the or the tax collector. I mean, or the, the or the one about the 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 prodigal son and the loving father. Uh -huh. God is the one who, who hangs out with sinners or, or the woman at the well. I mean, mm -hmm. it just kind of gives you, this is the character of God. You want to know what yeah. God's like? Look to the exact imprint, mm -hmm. the re reflection of his glory in Jesus. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then it talks about um, what, what Jesus did and what God did through Jesus, carrying out the cleansing of people from their sins uh, and the fact that um, it says that he sat down at the right side of God after that. Um, and again, this image of Jesus being the high priest, uh, which mm -hmm. would have been um, that high priest would have been something people would have been at least somewhat familiar with. Mm -hmm. uh, that we're told that after the sacrifices were made, after it was complete, the, mm -hmm. the symbol for that 
or the sign for that is that the high priest would sit down. And so uh, this image of, of Jesus giving himself mm-hmm. for us uh, and then sitting down um, again to those Christians in those those days uh, would have just painted that that picture mm-hmm. of what what God has done for us through through yeah. Jesus. Sure. And for those people, uh, for all of us listening and reading this right now, the idea that that our God in Christ loves us, cares for us, and says, "I've got it. I've set. You know, it's yeah. done. It's finished. You, you mm-hmm. know, you are loved. It is finished, yeah. <laughs> you are. I'm here for you." Yeah, and it reminds me of Brendan Manning is one of my favorite uh-huh. authors, Dragon Muffin Gospel, yeah. and a number of others, but. Um, but he tells about his best friend Ray he grew up with in Brooklyn. They did everything together. They were in the army together. Um, and while um, during war, uh, a grenade came into their, their foxhole. And Ray smiled at Brennan and then just covered the grenade. Mm. And he he perished, um, obviously, with that. And Brennan talks about you know how much that shaped his life and and, and his understanding of grace and different things. Wow. But he talks about visiting with Ray's mom afterward, and, and he asked Ray's mother this question as they were talking about Ray, uh, her son who had given his life for, mm-hmm. for Ben, and she said, he just kind of half off the top of his head said, do you think Ray really loved me? Mm-hmm. And his mother said, well, Ben, what more could he have done? And so... Yeah. This is kind of a reminder yeah. of times when we maybe we feel unloved or when we feel alone, of um, God's love for us and what more could God have done mm-hmm. other than to, to send Jesus. Um, and so it's this to me, yeah, uh, it's you know right off the 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 bat start that it's that that reminder of this is what God has done, yeah, and almost what more could He have done, yeah, for us. Charles, that'll preach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you got a good illustration for Sunday. You think so? Yeah. Okay. But the, the thing that hits me is you say that. Mm-hmm. When you say right off the bat, we're talking about this is one long sentence. <laughs> Have y'all noticed that? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is like the longest sentence. But in this long, long sentence, it's like, let me tell you, before we ever get started, you start off in love. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the coolest thing to say right off the beginning. You know, everything mm-hmm. I want to ch- everything that follows this. At least you know that you are you are loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I guess kind of the the big question for this week is where we are in the lectionary calendar for the year. We have this beautiful Hebrew Hebrews text, but we are also this Sunday celebrating World Communion Sunday. Mm-hmm. So how do we? Uh, I guess reconcile isn't quite the right word, but I can't really think of another one right now. How do we reconcile these two things, this perfect imprint of God on yeah. World Communion mm-hmm. Sunday? What does the writer of Hebrews, mm-hmm. how, does, <laughs> how does this how does this speak to our world today? Yeah. You know, there was a line when you were reading, Charles, yeah. really, I didn't hear it when I was reading it, but when I heard you read it, um, the idea that um, right now things are not, fully seen or in control right under control but we see jesus Mm -hmm. and there's that sense of we can't figure it all out and yet things aren't perfect and we see jesus Mm -hmm. you know there's something comforting about that one who is the exact imprint the one who is the reflection of god's glory is with us on this day as we come to the table together Mm -hmm. with all all the world Mm -hmm. 
and our world is kind of uh, in disarray yeah. right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and maybe this only makes sense in my own brain. I have those moments a lot. I think when we when we look at this passage, we see that Jesus is the perfect imprint of God. But I think when we think about Jesus, when we look mm-hmm. at the table, that is the perfect imprint of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, the meal that all are welcome to, the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness mm-hmm. of sins. Um, I think I think that's my thought about that. A yeah. rather incomplete one. <laughs> Beautiful thought. That I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think Desmond Tutu, um, uh, South African pastor mm-hmm. leader in so many different ways, um, and he was asked one time, "How do you, you know, keep your uh, optimistic outlook on everything?" Yeah. And he simply re- replied, "I'm a prisoner of hope." Mm-hmm. And I and I feel like the author of Hebrews, in a way, was a prisoner of hope. Yeah, saying yes, things are not under control yet. All this is going on. Um, and then to answer your question, you know, the the verse that we kind of um, skipped over in the lectionary reading, uh, chapter two, verse one. Uh, this is why it's necessary for us to pay more attention to what we have heard. Mm-hmm. In other words, pay more attention to Jesus. Yeah, is really what it's saying, and so. Maybe that's our, our one of our messages for World Communion mm-hmm. Sunday. Well, that is good. Well, um, any any closing thought before Kelly closes us in prayer? I just I'm grateful for everybody. This Sunday is a really special Sunday. Not only is it World Communion Sunday, but if you're in town in Auburn on Sunday afternoon at five thirty, we are celebrating the blessing of our pets. It's the Sunday closest to Saint Francis's Day, which uh, you know that wonderful guy that. Uh, man and holy man that uh, love pets and loved animals. And, yeah, that guy. Yeah, you know, great, great guy. <laughs> uh, but if you come, we will we will honor and give thanks for these gifts that God has given to us. So um, we're grateful for all these, all of y'all, and mm-hmm. thank you for joining us right. for our conversation. And will Lolly and Flo be there? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yes, of course they'll be there. Yeah. Gonna miss it. The bell's on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. Let's pray together. Holy God, we are thankful that you spoke to us through the prophets and you continue to speak through us through the life and the ministry and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and the gift of your word. So we ask that you would help us to hold your word close in our hearts, that we might see you and hear you and experience you as we read these holy words. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Clergy Conversations with Auburn United Methodist Church. Check back next week for our next episode. For more information about Auburn United Methodist Church, please visit our website at aumc.net.